Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I have zero energy tonight, but I do have Dot behind me to keep me going. She's over there somewhere. She was on the bed just a minute ago. So somebody reminded me, they pointed out, I can imagine the media treatment if this had happened four years ago. Excuse me, referring to Joe Biden's ridiculous behavior, Ari Maui. And I was reminded of this clip. It totally belittled the moment. Many look back in dismay at Trump's tossing of paper towels in Puerto Rico. You know the difference between Trump and Biden in a situation like the disaster, the hurricane ravaged Puerto Rico in 2018 versus the wildfire ravaged Maui in 2023? Trump actually went to Puerto Rico. Joe Biden is not even considering going to Maui. I will tell you where he is planning to go uh, in just a minute. But we're going to start with some lighter stuff, I think, just because this stuff is so infuriating. We'll see how we do tonight. We'll see how I breathe. I've been having a hard time all day. Zero energy. Not fun. So we'll see how long we can go. I make no promises tonight at all. All right, you guys, let's get into this first one. Oh my gosh, we're going to start with a story about influencers because influencers crack me the heck up. And I think this will <laughs> kind of spotlight exactly why I tend to laugh at them. And this isn't really a laughing matter. You'll see why. But um, it's distressing. Let's get into it. Electric third rail shocks two Lollapalooza attendees taking selfies on Chicago train tracks. Now, Excuse me, I shouldn't have drunk Coke before I started talking, but I needed caffeine. The incident happens on August 5th in Chicago's Oak Park and left both victims, an unnamed man and woman, hospitalized with a former in critical condition. Okay, this is a restricted area they were not supposed to be in, and they made it in anyway, and this is the result. And I don't really know what to tell them. I feel kind of bad for them, but at the same time... Literally signs everywhere saying, don't come back here. This is a really bad idea. High power, you know, high current, whatever. Horrifying footage shows the moment two Lollapalooza goers were shocked by the third rail of the Chicago train after entering the unauthorized area to take a series of photos. Disturbing videos circulating on social media shows the pair, as well as another member of their group, sitting on tracks and attempting to take a selfie before a male member of the party leans back and is zapped with 600 volts. He's then seen hauling a girl next to him on top of himself as he goes rigid with pain, shocking her in the process. Oh my gosh. So he kind of cushioned her from this ridiculous electric current, but she still ended up getting hurt, obviously. The incident at 7.30 p.m. left both victims, an unnamed man and woman, hospitalized on August 5th with a former in critical condition. Neither have been identified, but the first responders who rushed to the scene at Chicago Transit Authority's Ridgeland Green Line station to rescue the pair said they are both in their 20s, and that does not surprise me in the least. The two, whom officials said had been making their way to the festival in Grant Park, were ultimately pulled off the rail by another member of the group who managed to avoid being seriously electrocuted, but appeared to brave at least one shock while trying to rescue his companions. Oh my gosh, that's awful. In the now circulating footage, the duo are seen going limp after sitting on the dangerous current providing rail through through which a constant stream of voltage is funneled perpetually. He's seen fighting through what appear to be a series of shocks himself as he struggles to heave his companion's dead weight, eventually doing with the help, doing so with the help of several other strap hangers, apparently horrified by what they've seen. So many typos in this article, Daily Mail, get it together. I think that influencers are some of the worst people on earth, and this is one example of why. They are setting examples that other people are going to follow, 
And I feel like this is just going to be one of those, another one of those ridiculous TikTok challenges where kids do these things and end up getting hurt. They're going to think it's fine. They're going to think it's great. They're not going to think it's a big deal. They'll be like, hey, you know what? I think that maybe this affected these people's people badly this way, but it probably won't affect me that way at all. <laughs> Psycho Clown says key takeaway was in the unauthorized area. Seems like natural selection at its finest. Stuart Walker says, ouch, ouch, indeed. I feel bad for sure. Texas Rangers says, hi, Lydia and Andy. Hello for sure. Hello, Texas Rangers. Absolutely. St. Miles says that was dumb. Yeah, I feel bad for them for getting hurt, but at the same time, there were literally signs telling them not to go back there, and they did it anyway. I don't know what to tell them. Let's see what the Daily Mail concludes. I watched some of the video, and you can't really actually see a whole lot. He just kind of falls back. And then he ends up pulling her on top of him, which is interesting. But nothing really. It's not like a cartoon or anything. The harrowing footage harks back to an earlier incident inside the Windy City this past summer that saw another Chicago commuter electrocuted, but saved by another strap hanger who also was left into action to rescue him while he was unconscious. Wow, that's crazy. But see, he wasn't an influencer trying to take influencer pictures on the rail. He he survived. Thank goodness someone else jumped in to get him because that's crazy dangerous. My goodness. These people who pull people from the tracks like this are heroes, 100%. But at the end of the day, man, maybe they should put up some fences or something around these rails because that's crazy, crazy, crazy dangerous. I did hear somebody say as I got on the track, don't touch him, he remembered, before being rewarded a car from the city for his heroics. Good for him. I could have kept walking, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to keep walking because God wouldn't want me to do that. So I took action immediately. Good for that guy. In that case, the man who was electrocuted also sustained serious serious injuries, injuries, but eventually recovered. As for the recent incident, DailyMail.com asked local fire officials to provide any updates. As of Monday afternoon, the duo's identity has yet to be released. I think that if they're going to dox the poor lady who lost her mind on that plane, they should consider doing the same for these people because... These people are actually doing super dangerous stuff. I keep navigating back. Thanks, Opera. But I just thought that was an interesting story. So that was kind of... Didn't like that one. This one's much more interesting. This is a 34-year-old Oregonian who's been living in a teepee with three horses and a dog for 11 years, following changing seasons across the U.S., foraging for food, and making his own clothing out of animal skins. I find this fascinating. This is such a departure from what we just saw. With the Instagram, you know, the influencers, this is the exact polar opposite, and I'm here for it. So this guy's a little bit older. He's a little bit older than I am. He's certainly older than those young people in their 20s. I like what he's doing here. Uh, Michael Ridge left home for the wilds at age 23, and he's never looked back. He has more than 149,000 followers. See, they keep making mistakes like this. One four nine zero zero. Zero zero four zero. So it's a one point five million or one hundred forty nine thousand followers on Instagram. I don't know, and I'm not going to pull up Instagram to find out. His travel companions include his three horses and his dog called Morning. That's a nice name. Thirty four year old man from Oregon has attracted a burgeoning following on social media with his off grid nomad lifestyle. Michael, who left home for the wilds, age twenty three, blah blah blah. In a short documentary posted by the YouTube channel Florb. Michael reveals that he was inspired to shun a modern lifestyle when he met a powerful elder who had been living on horses for over 30 years. Interesting. The outdoorsman explains, when I heard this notion of living and traveling in a way that centered around the traditional food system that was a click, I thought, that sounds like what I should be doing. So he was single, obviously didn't have kids, and decided this was the coolest way to go for him. And here you go. 
this is not glamorous, but it is a very interesting alternative lifestyle that I bet you a nickel that a bunch of guys would love to jump on board with. In fact, I shared a Babylon Bee article to one of my group chats with a bunch of guys in it today talking about how um, 100% of guys, if given the option, let me see what the headline is because it's really good. Study finds more than, study finds 100% of men would immediately leave their jobs if they were given the option to embark upon a trans-Antarctic expedition on a big wooden ship. 100%. And that's kind of what this story made me think of. I feel like a lot of guys would take this opportunity. I keep feeling like I have ants on me from earlier. I was putting in the uh, chat that we had a little ant incursion over here in the corner where I like to record. Uh, I went over here and there's just like a blob of them on the floor like they like to do, make their little lines. They were coming in under the wall, so I'm not sure where they were coming from, but we got some essential oils. We got them out. I don't see any more. There's none under the rug anymore, so should be good to go. And none on me. It's just my hair. It's driving me crazy now. I'm paranoid. <laughs> this is super cool, but I thought this was awesome. It was just such a totally polar opposite distinction from the influencer lifestyle. When he first ventured into the wild, Michael said it was overwhelming as he had to learn a spread of new survival skills and he'd never worked with horses before. This is so beautiful. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful stuff over there on the west side of the country. More than a decade later, he's happy living off the land with his own three horses and mourning the dog as company. I love it. When he first ventured into the wild, Michael said it was overwhelming. Great. Adding to his woes, the horses he received were not trained, so he had to teach them tricks while learning to survive himself. Wow, that sounds like pressure. More than a decade later, he's happy. Taka, Sinduhai, and Pea Shooter, of course, the classic three names for horses, and Mourning the Dog as Company. In the documentary, he explains that he's not pretending this is the 1800s, and he likes to combine traditional and modern methods to make his life as comfortable as possible. Modern technology also helps him make a living as he receives donations from his social media fans. Currently has more than 149 million, apparently, followers on Instagram and over 430,000 on TikTok, where he describes himself as a horseback nomad and a wild food expert. Through his content, he documents that what his nomadic lifestyle involves with some of his antics, in- including identifying wild crops to eat and reading paper maps to get to his next port of call. Cool. In the short film, the documentary, Michael says his biggest expense by far is the horse feed, which he has to buy through the winter time. As hay prices have gone up a lot. Yeah, the economy affects everyone. He gives viewers a tour of his abode and explains that he sleeps on an inflatable mattress, which is very comfortable. Yeah, provided it doesn't have any holes in it. You don't wake up lying on the floor. A shot of one of Michael's horses, Pea Shooter. That's a great name, and I love it. Alongside his other two Mustangs, Taka and Sinduhai. That is cute, and I love it. Yeah, you guys should check out this video for sure. Floating Orb Productions, Florb, his secret to a true nomadic lifestyle is a teepee. He lives off the land. I love that. That's a great and beautiful shot. Thankfully, his fans have helped him out. When one of his online videos, he expresses thanks after his followers chipped in to foot a vet bill for his wounded dog. Along with a cell phone to make his social media content, Michael's other modern conveniences include a spotlight, headlamp, computer, electric fence to keep his horses at bay, and a pickup truck, which was gifted to him by his uncle. So he has like the bare necessities to kind of survive out in the wild as a horseman. I think it's great. He's basically a cowboy. So far this year, he's made a fresh pair of buckskin pants, and in one clip, he models a jacket he made from four full-size deer pelts that he says would retail for roughly $3,000. Wow, good for him. That's intense. It's uh, As it's summer, Michael's currently hoping, hopping from place to place. So there's morning. How cute. You love to see it. 
This is really fun. It's such a relief to think about the idea of living off in the wild instead of worrying about all the stuff that comes alongside living in, in, in a big city. Wow, this is amazing. So he's trapping, he's hunting, he's finding plants to eat, like here. When he's on the go during the summer months, he packs most of his belongings up into barrels and stores them in his trucks, which he leaves in a safe place. Staple goods include wild carrots, potatoes, onions, and garlic. That sounds pretty great. I feel like you would get a lot of dirt in your diet, though. Just something to be prepared for. Larry says he's not a cowboy. He is a cowboy in the technical sense of the term that he is a horseman living off the land. There are no cowboys anymore because we no longer require the kind of agricultural movement we did when cowboys were a large part of the culture. I just thought that was such an interesting dichotomy between the influencers and the the horseman that we can follow along here. Now, for the depressing part, and again, I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to go on this because it's depressing. I'm hot. I can't breathe and I have very little caffeine. But we have celebrities who are doing more than our president. And we're going to read about that now when it comes to Maui. Mick Fleetwood describes catastrophic effect of 1,000 degree wildfires that have raised parts of Maui where he lives as he charters a plane to fly back with relief supplies. This is the most noble use of a charter plane that I've ever seen anyone use ever. This is really quite honorable. British rock star Mick Fleetwood has described the catastrophic effect of, fire, of wildfires on the how. Let me try that again. Catastrophic effect of wildfires on the Hawaiian island of Maui, where he lives, saying Lahaina Town is no more. The 76-year-old said that the natural disaster has left complete devastation in the town of Lahaina, as well as destroying his restaurant Fleetwoods on Front Street. That's too bad. Many such cases. On Sunday, the death toll from the wildfire reached 96, making it the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. Fleetwood, who was in L.A. visiting family when the fires broke out, was immediately chartered, immediately chartered a plane and flew back to Hawaii, bringing with him relief supplies. He told Sky News, "These hills, th- those hills were ablaze and I wasn't there. Oh, geez. Yeah. Here's his restaurant. Totally gutted. Marked with an X. Not sure why. 76-year-old said the natural disaster had left complete devastation in the town of Lahaina, as well as destroying his restaurant, right? Here's a view of his restaurant before it was destroyed by the fire. That's too bad. That's really, really sad. Selfishly, I haven't lost a family member. I didn't lose my house. It could have happened, but it didn't happen. You immediately go, I'm really lucky. Now what the heck do I do? He continued, over those mountains is complete devastation. The whole town of Lahaina is no more. The veteran drummer of British-American rock band Fleetwood Mac which formed in 1967 and are known for songs such as Everywhere and Go Your Own Way moved to Hawaii 25 years ago. The logo for his restaurant, which Fleetwood launched more than a decade ago, is a sketch of the drummer taken from the cover of the band's 1977 album Rumors after achieving phenomenal success. That seems like neither here nor there, but thank you, Daily Mail. Addressing the possibility that the town of Lahaina, where his restaurant is situated, could be taken over by property developers... He said, the thought of it becoming some sort of playground with no reference to the dignity of the town to me would be abhorrent. Well, it's highly historical is my understanding, which I think probably makes the property that much more valuable. But now that all of these structures are demolished, I don't know how much that plays a role. But we'd have to see going going forward. I have already heard there already... There are already conspiracy theories about it. And to that, I just have to say, can we just wait until we recover all the bodies of the people who perished in this fire before we start 
theoreticizing about what caused this to happen. Can we can we at least bury the people who died in this incident? I am just as much in favor of conspiracy theories as the next person, but at the end of the day, you need to have a little bit of respect for the normal people who perished in this ridiculous natural disaster. Look at these cars alongside this ocean highway. This is crazy. I've never seen anything like this in the U.S. before. Look at those cars. That's insane to me. And my understanding is that there were a lot of people in those cars. I would like to afford those people a little bit of dignity before we begin to speculate on what happened to cause this. Okay, can we can we at least exercise that part of our humanity before we start to be conspiracy theorists once again? I just don't really want to hear it quite yet. For too long, not living with a continuum of regret, regret, regret. Hmm, but it comes after he posts on social media saying he was heartbroken to announce his restaurant had been lost to the fires, describing the wildfires as a devastating moment for Hawaii and many are suffering unimaginable loss. Similarly, Fleetwood Mac Star Stevie Nicks also posted on Instagram saying Lahaina is not gone, it is just away. The 75-year-old musician said my house and the surrounding area was not burned. The wind took the fire in a different direction. It was all about the wind. The end result could have been very different. The Lahaina we knew, the Lahaina that in many ways connects Fleetwood Mac and our music to the world is gone, but my memories of everything that happened to me there is clear as a bell. She said that her niece, Jessie, her husband, Alec, and their six-year-old son, who had been on holidaying on the island, had escaped a bullet and made it back home. Meanwhile, U.S. actor Dwayne Johnson also sent a message about amid the wildfires in Hawaii. In a video post on Instagram, the 51-year-old who voiced the characters of demigod Maui in Disney film Moana said, I know that by now all of you around the world are seen in the complete destruction and devastation that has hit our Hawaiian islands, our islands of Maui. And I'm completely heartbroken over this, and I know you all are too. Everything that I've seen transpire over these past couple of days, everything that continues to transpire hour by hour, minute by minute, it's all heartbreaking. The actor said that he had been speaking to organizations on the ground and will continue to get as much information as possible as there are so many needs to be met. He kept in the post, heartbroken, but our faith in mana is strong. So, this is a good response to what happened in Maui, right? We are going to look next had a really, really bad response. And I kind of was avoiding this because it infuriates me so much. And my doctor's been telling me to be really cautious about my blood pressure and try to keep it to a, a dull roar, you know, keep track of it and everything. Um, this really is not cutting it for me. So let's read this here. Empathy matters. Compassion matters. We have to reach out to one another and heal this country and that's what I'll do as president, says Joe Biden on 2-6-2020. After a couple hours on the Rehoboth Beach, POTUS was asked about the rising death toll in Hawaii. No comment, he said before heading home. There is your empathy. The empath has entered the chat. And to that, to all of the grieving souls, all of the missing people in Hawaii, and all of the hurting family members, of all the people who passed away down there, and all of the the frantic family members of those who have not yet been found. The President of the United States has the following inspiring words to say, and they are as follows, quote, no comment. Good for us. We deserve exactly what we elected. What can I say? President Biden plans a ritzy Lake Tahoe vacation next week while refusing to take questions on devastating fire that killed 10 that has killed that killed 10 that has killed nearly 100 Americans. For whatever reason, the Daily Mail is really letting me down when it comes to the copy editing tonight. So, 
I'd like to point everyone in the direction of Dot. She is here sleeping right on my pillow, just like she does when I'm trying to sleep too. It's very, very important that she have her butt either in dad's face or my face until we have to kick her off to the end of the bed or throw her off the bed altogether. She is not affectionate when it comes to pets, but when it comes to cuddles, she's 100% there for it. So there's your little levity for dealing with Joe Biden. President Biden leaves Friday for a week in Lake Tahoe. It's his second vacation this month. Today is the 14th. He didn't comment on wildfires in Hawaii upon his return to the White House. President Biden jets off to ritzy Lake Tahoe on Friday for another summer vacation as the White House still hasn't announced plans for him to visit fire-devastated Hawaii. I don't think that he will. He didn't answer questions about the issue when he returned to work Monday after a weekend at the beach after avoiding comment on the tragedy this weekend. The president is scheduled to arrive in Lake Tahoe on Friday. August 18th will stay there until the following Thursday, according to guidance from the White House. This man. There are very, very big, important things happening in the U.S. I don't know if you remember how long it took him to comment on the spill that happened in um, Ohio. I think it was Ohio. The chemical spill, if you'll recall, from East Palestine. Didn't want to comment. Didn't want to say anything to it. Didn't stop there. Didn't do anything with that. Really, really frustrating. Earlier when out biking with wife Jill, he was asked if he plans to visit the state. I'm literally just ad-libbing it with these articles because they're so poorly edited. We're looking at it, he said. Biden and his team may believe they have other reasons to avoid the press rather than address the national tragedy. On Friday, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced he designated David Weiss as special counsel investigating Hunter Biden. Prosecutors in a Friday filing said they expected the case of the president's son to go to trial. Biden was on vacation at Rehoboth Beach for a week earlier this month. He heads up to Nevada for his second vacation of the month. Again, filling in words on Friday after he hosts a summit at Camp David with the leaders of Japan and South Korea. The topic is the annual joint military exercises between the three nations, but the focus will also be on encountering China and North Korea. White House still hasn't said what Biden will do during his time in Lake Tahoe. While on Rehoboth, he and the First Lady went biking, sat on the beach, and even had a date night where they watched the movie Oppenheimer. Oh, good for them. Very happy that they're using this time for the best, in the best interest of the American people. The freshwater Lake Tahoe area is known for its beach, ski resorts, and skate parks. Summer, it's known for hiking, fishing, boating, and golfing. Also, plenty of places to go shopping. In stark contrast to Hawaii, which looks completely gutted. Holy cow. Oprah Winfrey has, Oprah Winfrey is doing better than Joe Biden. She's visited displaced residents in Maui. Meanwhile, Hawaii's governor warned that the death toll is likely to rise as search crews go street by street through neighborhoods where the flames cause massive destruction. We're prepared for many tragic stories, Governor Josh Green told CBS Mornings. They will find 10 to 20 people per day, probably until they finish, and it's probably going to take 10 days. It's impossible to guess, really. A cell phone service has slowly been restored. Numbers of people missing dropped to about 1,300 from over 2,000, Green said. Biden approved an emergency declaration for the state, which frees up federal funds sending FEMA officials, but those on the island have begun to complain that federal aid is yet to arrive. The response from our well-funded, tax-paid government is incredibly pathetic, said Paul Romero, who owns a gym in Kihei. He told the New York Times, we can't even understand what they did, what they didn't do, what they're still not doing. The blaze that swept through Lahaina nearly a week ago destroyed nearly every building in the town of 13,000, leaving a mountain of debris in a seaside town. 
Fire had been 80 85% contained according to the county. Another blaze known as the Upcountry Fire has been 60% contained, officials told the Associated Press. There's been an estimated $5.6 billion in damage. Crazy amounts of damage because land is so expensive in Hawaii. Yeah. So, this is what it looks like in Hawaii, and this is what it looks like where Joe Biden is riding his bike. Great stuff. Great stuff. Really good. Not at all infuriating. Whew, goodness gracious. Anyway, that's really frustrating. I really didn't want to read that. I really didn't really want to cover any of this stuff because it's all depressing. But there is some good news. There's a bright spot on the horizon. Now, I didn't cover this last week. I don't know how I missed it, but I did. I'm positioned a little bit better here. Fauci has been referred to the Justice Department for a criminal investigation for allegedly lying under oath to Congress. Senator Rand Paul sent criminal referral letter to D.C. U.S. Attorney General, U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves. Let's see if this moves. There we go. Good. Good for Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul has referred Dr. Anthony Fauci to the Justice Department for an investigation into possible criminal prosecution for allegedly lying under oath to Congress about his knowledge of gain-of-function research conducted at China's Wuhan virus lab. If you guys recall, but he actually really got into it with Rand Paul about this exact topic. They were talking about, excuse me, they were talking about what it means for something to be gain of function. Anthony Fauci was trying to redefine it. It wasn't working very well for him. And and um, Rand Paul actually knows what he's talking about. So I personally am incredibly glad he's being re- referred for criminal investigation. But we know that the Department of Justice is not actually going to do anything about it, and here's why. The Weiss appointment as Hunter Biden special counsel is a, quote, joke, and evidence of DOJ weaponization, according to Representative Comer. The oversight chair said David Weiss appointment to Hunter Biden case is a joke. Told Fox News, I have no confidence that Merrick Garland would appoint anyone credible I never dreamed he would do as bad as he did with Weiss. Very interesting observation. Chairman James Comer says Republicans on the oversight committee have no confidence in special counsel David Weiss, and insists this panel will continue its investigation into Hunter Biden. Comer said the Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment of Weiss on Friday is a joke, and it further proves the politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice. Told Fox News, one of the reasons a special counsel is unnecessary is because half of lawmakers and Americans don't have confidence in him or the source of the appointment. Weiss was the prosecutor who allowed the statute of limitations to run out on a five-year investigation into Hunter Biden, and was behind the negotiations of the now-defunct sweetheart plea deal with the president's 53-year-old son, according to Comer. This is a joke. Yep, Comer told Fox News host Trey Gowdy on Sunday evening. All Merrick Garland did was validate the point that many Republicans have been making the Department of Justice was weaponized. Very difficult to argue this is not the case. I've been very vocal in saying we don't need a special counsel. I have no confidence that Merrick Garland would appoint anyone credible. I never dreamed he would do as bad as doing this with Weiss. He insists the panel is also focusing on President Biden and his involvement in his son's shady foreign business dealings. We have a lot of crimes that were committed by the president's son. We're concerned, as you know, about the president of the U.S. We heard testimony just two weeks ago that he was a central figure at this, he said, referencing closed-door testimony with Hunter's once longtime business associate, Devin Archer. Weiss on Friday was appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland as special counsel, a move which gives him broader day-to-day independence from supervision than a previously than previously, and which is designed to remove any suggestion that the White House may have improperly interfered in the investigation. Well, that's not going to work because everyone agrees with that 100%. 
Biden's response has been lackluster, to say the least, for sure. That person commenting says their representative Dan T- Crenshaw from Texas. I don't believe that's who it really is, but thank you for chipping in anyway. I am so disgusted by the response to Maui, but people are, they keep telling me, they're like, oh, they voted for this. They deserve it. They deserve it. I'm just like, no, nope, 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 nope. You're still a human being even if you vote for the wrong party, okay? Period. At the end of the day. No one votes for wildfire to ravage the town they live in, okay? No one votes to be neglected by their president. In fact, they vote for a president because they don't think he will neglect them. And I don't think it's nice or fair or kind or human to say things along the lines of, oh, actually, this is all their fault and they totally deserve whatever they get. No, not nice. Just like I don't think the people in Oakland or any of the people in California deserve to walk outdoors and not feel safe. Sure, they might have voted for their policies. You can separate that from the fact that they're still humans and humans deserve to be able to go outside and feel safe. Stewart says Fauci needs to go down for perjury at least. More in my eyes, 100%. I agree. Again, I don't care that Hawaii votes blue. Doesn't matter. They didn't vote this wildfire on themselves. Whether this, whether, here's what I will say, whether Biden's treatment of this disaster will affect how they vote will be really interesting. I'm not going to hold my breath, but we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, I might feel less bad for them if it doesn't change how they view Democrats and the left in general. But right now, they just need help. And honestly, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's even fair game to talk about who they voted for. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's on. Don't care. All right. I'm not going to make it for a full hour tonight. I think I'm going to close on this story. There is dots stretching out across the bed. Make yourself more comfortable. Poor little thing. Former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund reveals to Tucker, D.C. police were stopped from assisting Secret Service as BLM rioters burned down White House grounds with Trump inside. All charges were dropped. There were Secret Service agents bloodied and battered. So let's listen to some of this. I talk about the 2020 riots versus the, 20, the, the January 6th attack. The riots in front of the White House where famously St. John's Church was set on fire. Oh, White House, across the country. You know, I talk about the White House, um, and I talk about an agency that was formed by Congress specifically for the protection of the United States president, um, the Washington, D.C. Police Department. The White House is under attack, and they are prevented. They are prevented. I know it's not from Chief Newsham. It's from his, you know, he was the chief at the time. Uh, it would have been from uh, above him. They're from prevented from going on cap- on White House grounds and helping the United States Secret Service and defending the, the White House. So think about that. You know, who made that decision? I, I, again, all I know is, you know, Newsom's hands were tied. So Mayor Bowser, higher? I don't know. But, but think about but that. Somebody told when there, and there was real rioting. In fact, I, oh. I think well, that more officers were injured at that riot than were injured on January 6th, I think. Yep, yep, again. Don't take my word, GAO report. More officers injured at the uh, protests up by the White House and on January 6th. And I'm told by park police, all charges were dropped, according to the, uh, the uh, fighting at Lafayette Park and at the, uh, at the White House. There were Secret Service agents bloodied and battered over there. There was a number of federal agencies that were hurt. Structures set on fire. They tried to light the Hay Adams Hotel on fire that was occupied. Think about that. Charges dropped. No... So none of that surprises me in the least. This is something we used to talk about all the time over on Timcast IRL. I think it was May 29th. And then it was St. John's Church. This is a real insurrection, says Stuart. 
100%. Excuse me. That's why I can't drink soda. But I really need the caffeine. Yeah. Damaged during unrest, they say. NBC4 Washington. Uh huh. Leaders pray for healing. My goodness. We don't want, we don't want things to be damaged during unrest. <laughs> Peaceful protests near the White House took a destructive turn. Oh my goodness. We don't want that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was May 29th, 2020. Mm-hmm. This is right at the, in the middle, I guess, of the summer of life, uh, uh, summer of peace. Trump in bunker. St. John's Church burns. So May 29th, 2021. That actually was a real insurrection. That's correct. That is correct. Oh, you know what? Kanye Run asks, why did the J6 committee destroy their fires? And I wish I had the energy to get into that tonight. But I'm hopeful that more news will come out about it maybe tonight or tomorrow. And we can look at that tomorrow. Um, because that's super interesting too. But at the end of the day, I know. I know it's all corrupt. I know it's all rotten. And one of the things I observed in... In Austin in 2021 was that everything feels like it's held together by spiderwebs and toothpicks because it does because it's either incompetence or it's people who really don't know how to make this work or it's people who are lying or it's people who are hiding things from us. There's no real solution. These people are not being honest with us. As that lady on the plane says, those MFs are not real. They are not shooting straight with us in the least. And it's really, really telling that this former Capitol Police officer won't even say where this directive came from. He just says, I'm not sure. It wasn't the chief of police. Probably wasn't Mayor Bowser. So it might have come right from the top. Nancy Pelosi or somebody else who direct directly told them to stand down. And then they behaved accordingly. Wild, wild stuff. It's all feels crazy. Feels really crazy. Dot. She does not want to say hi. She doesn't want to move. She's very cute, but it's very hard to see her facial features because her face is adorable. Chucky says Republicans need to grow a spine and start getting down to business. I agree. Don't know what that's going to look like. Kanye Ron says face peelers. I was waiting to hear more about the face peelers of, I think it was Peru, because there are people in an entire village who have been saying for over a month that they really need help to deal with some kind of alien thing that they're calling face peelers. Really interesting story. Really hoping that we get more information about that. Um, not sure what that's, what, where that's coming from. Maybe it's like a warring tribe or something. Maybe they don't recognize the people who are attacking them, but that's really weird. Really, really weird. These are people who aren't super exposed probably to social media and stuff like that. We'll see what happens. That is a really interesting story as well. Now, if you want to hear more about that, Matt Walsh, you better believe, is all over that because Matt Walsh loves the aliens. Holy cow. Yep, absolutely not. All right, you guys, I'm going to let you go. And now I am dying. I need to consume my caffeine and get some cool air and move this dog off the bed. Whisper says a baseball game. That was a very dangerous event for the Republican leaders, including Steve Scalise, who lost, I think, a part of his... Was it Steve Scalise who lost? No. Okay. So it was Rand Paul who lost a part of his lung because his neighbor attacked him and Steve Scalise who actually got shot. Chucky says he lives in Peru. Well, tell us if you see the face peelers or find more news for us and send it to me over on Twitter. 
Stuart says, dip the button, dip the like button, or at least dot it. That's right. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Sorry, I could not make it for a full hour tonight. I appreciate your attendance for sure. Hopefully we can go a little bit longer tomorrow, although these might get progressively shorter between now and October. We'll see what happens. All right, you guys, until tomorrow, stay safe, stay well, stay out of Target.